Coming up next, Booking It continues their discussion on To Kill a Mockingbird. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Booking It. I am your humble and eloquent host, Cooper Cobbs. And over there, we've got Tanner Lewis, Isaiah Ritchie, and Matthew Killingsworth. Howdy. I'm in a good mood this record. I'm in a sing-songy mood. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe we should cut that out because I sing really bad. <laughs> and now that you said we should cut it out, we're leaving it in because it's funny when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, fellas, it's great to be here today. We're recording second of our episodes of To Kill a Mockingbird. Arguably one of the greatest American books ever. And um, today, pretty great. Contradictory to popular major media right now. Well, I don't know. I mean, most people still like to call Mockingbird. Anyway, today we're talking about uh, mainly the first half, if we can get through that. So, first off, what do you guys think about To Kill a Mockingbird? I don't think I ever asked that in the last episode. You did not. I personally um, liked To Kill a Mockingbird. I thought it was very informative. I loved um, the writing style, which you brought up last time, Cooper, but I was too enthralled in my um, passion for um, the love <laughs> yes, of truth a... to <laughs> yes. um, really care about the, the writing style. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good quote, Tanner quote. I was too uh, impassioned by the love of truth. <laughs> yes, that's funny. Yeah. I got so. I, I really love the writing style of uh, To Kill Mockingbird. You brought that up last time, and it, I agree. It is definitely not, you said, it's not like C.S. Lewis or Tolkien's like fireside chats. It's more of like someone telling their story to help you not do something stupid in your future, right? Uh-huh. Because we all have those moments where we do something stupid, and then somebody walks up to us, and then you basically, they do something stupid, and then it, when they see you about to do something stupid, go up and tell you the story of them doing basically the same <laughs> yeah. stupid thing. Let me tell you a long story about why you shouldn't do this. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like one of those informator- informative um, books or stories to help try and prove a point. You're trying to make uh, like a moral to the story that's necessary. Exactly. I agree wholeheartedly with what Tanner just said. I think it also goes a lot deeper than just that, too. Uh, I think Harper Lee was very educated in the subjects that she involved in the book. And she really knew what she was talking about. You could tell just from the writing. She'd done her research. And um, I also think, like, it's probably something. Matthew, I mean. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say. It's probably, like, something similar to how she grew up, too, is... Uh, like that so she was just you know passing on the knowledge I guess is like a similar to what Tanner said uh yeah I thought it was really good and cool how like throughout the book you learn lessons with the characters in it yeah and you see how they grow in it and all that that was really cool like that and then like they were saying where you like it's her telling you what happened before definitely totally um so yeah, I think it's safe to say all of us, probably our favorite genre is fantasy. Is it safe to say that? 
I mean, my favorite book is not a fantasy novel, but I mean, yeah, yeah I like fantasy genre. a lot. Yeah. Right. So it's safe to say this is definitely not a fantasy novel. I think it's very safe to say that, oddly enough. Totally. And we all enjoyed it so much. So what do you think makes To Kill a Mockingbird such just uh, a good book? So it's obviously not in our like present time. And uh, we're obviously not like do in like their circumstances. But yet I feel like it's very relatable. They use a lot... Harper Lee uses a lot of really relatable subjects for to like get people in and like see what compare what was happening in that time frame. Would you guys agree? Like she just does a really good job of uh, like pulling you in and making you feel like it's like your story and uh, you're telling this right because you're reading it in first person. So you're kind of uh, seeing it from the light of the eyes of someone else it's very relatable and it really helps you like i think that's what helps gets it gets its point across like because she compares it like unwittingly to things that we would compare it to in our own present day and age that like she does it so i wouldn't say like slyly but she puts it in a way that you don't really notice and you just kind of accept the fact that that's comparable to that fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the reasons I think it's such a great book is it's strong grounding in morals. I mean, this book is definitely about some young kids who screw this, screw things up and notice the wrong and the world around them and come to realize that it's wrong and learn about it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But like Harper Lee always gives the characters in the book, the benefit of the doubt like you're reading along, she's not telling you it's bad. She lets the characters discover for themselves that those are bad. And like Isaiah said, um, you're learning along with them, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's great writing. Yeah, Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and answer your question, though, about like us being big fantasy fans, why we liked this book so much or felt this book so much. Um, I agree with what Tanner said about it being very relatable. But I also think when you're thinking about why it is we like fantasy so much or why really anyone likes fantasy is because you get to read. And uh, if you're reading a good author, be in a different world that right, you're not escapism. used to. Exactly. And, ex- yeah. And this book is in on Earth. It is in America, but it is such a different lifestyle and such a different, really such a different world than what we live in now today. Uh, obviously not a different planet but just like really different world in pretty much every way and i'm not talking about like i'm enthralled by how you know black people were treated back then of course i'm not i don't like that yeah i'm just talking about the freedoms they had to just go outside go you know shoot guns or just do whatever (laughs) all day not have to worry about you know anything happening to them because it was pretty safe there you're just like the how they or the fact that it's not safe but they didn't realize that or they still did it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like they did a lot more stuff than like, I feel like we're allowed the or kids, kids today are allowed to do just like, which I'm not like getting onto parents today because obviously there are very different circumstances and things are a lot more uh, risky today in a lot of different ways that I won't get into right now, obviously. But yeah, I just like that aspect of it. And it, it makes it, it's like, Oh, that's so exciting. We get to just go, 
build a tree house, like just do it, you know, like dad doesn't care. Dad's working. We're just going to go play all day. Like it's just, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. We'll be back all by right. sundown, you know? Yeah. Be back by sundown. Yep. So next question, who is this Atticus? I mean, what does he want? Why is, is, is he even the hero of the story? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the hero of the story. I mean, at least the hero of several of the stories in the story. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. he's just, he's such a good role model to him. And of course he's an imperfect person and you see some of his imperfection and like see uh, a little bit into his mind at some point to get to see like the struggles he's kind of personally facing about like raising kids. And, uh, but you see that like, no matter what, no matter if he knows what's right or if he doesn't know, then he's whatever it is he's always trying to do what he thinks is best for his kids and he's always thinking about them first uh, always actually really to be honest he's always thinking about everyone else before himself which i love that's the best part about him in my opinion is he is so selfless because he he no matter what situation if he's in the right or wrong he always just stops right there and thinks about the exact moment and says what is best for everyone else right now and does yeah. that it's almost like Frozen 2, do the next right thing, am I right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't believe I, mean, I put a Frozen 2 reference in our Declan Locky Bird episode. Moving on. I was- Wait, I have something to say on that. Um, you were saying like Atticus, like being the role model. Now, I said in the last episode pretty early on um, that my mom quoted um, To Kill a Mockingbird very yeah. often and yeah. that I never noticed. I will say that she said that all of those quotes were Atticus Finch quotes. Uh, quotes yeah i will say that um second of all i definitely agree with matthew he atticus finch is always thinking about other people before himself that's part of the reason why he went to that trial he said in the trial oh what was it um i'm not doing this trial for um the for the money that i'm gaining from this for the fame right. nothing i'm not doing this yeah, for anything attention. other than the fact he said that um, every yeah Every attorney has his um, case that is his make or break and that right, he right. can't take it, that he has to take because of the morals that he puts around his, um, I'm paraphrasing here, but because of the morals yeah. that he yeah. um, has, or that he values in his life. And uh, I just really respect him for that fact that he um, has the guts to uh, go take on like the heart of just hate and human sin nature right there to just go in and do the right thing, but do the hard thing at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I definitely mean, thought he was like the hero of it. He yeah. was, I mean, like Matthew and Tanner both said, he's a role model, but not just for the people in the book, but for like everyone. He's completely selfless, doesn't care about anything that happens to him as long as he helps other people. Yeah, well, I guess we'll talk about it too much. He's not perfect. He's far. From no, he's it. not. I mean, I was... like he lets for for heaven's sake, he lets his kids call him by his first name. Like I don't know why that that seems completely. <laughs> That's the one thing that bother, bothers you. No, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> but like, there's also that really weird scene where like he sits separate from his kids in church. I'm yeah. He's yeah. He does like mm-hmm. yeah. He's not a perfect father even. But overall, definitely, 
on the, no, but he's, one of he's the best that's what, I'm saying he's not perfect, but he's trying to do his best. And he's always – whatever he thinks is best for his family, he will do that thing. That's yeah. that's what I was mm-hmm. praising him about. I'm not saying that he's perfect. Yeah, and his relatability is what helped and like he because he's not perfect is what helps like the relatability of the story if he was absolutely mm-hmm. perfect um i think it would be hard for anyone to read this book and have the relatability which i mentioned earlier that yeah. like the relatability of this book if he was absolutely perfect of course we're reading this from someone's like first person views and um oh what book was it there was this book where Oh man, I forgot the, it's some book, but you remember, I don't know where I heard this. The, you always remember the good things or the bad things about a person, depending on um, what type of person they were. If they were yeah. a like Atticus Finch type person, then it, you would have, then you'd only me- remember all of the good things about him, right? Yeah. And then That's if you point. had a, like, not so good person like um the what's them's names in the trial the heels. yeah like well what was what was good about them <laughs> yeah that's what you'd have like you'd you wouldn't remember anything good about them you'd only remember all the i don't bad think we heard anything do. good about them so, which is yeah. why yeah pretty much yeah but which is why i'm thinking like when you think because it's her thinking back on her father right I, mm-hmm. I think looking back, she's only remembering all of the good oh, things about him. I see what you're saying. Yeah, Matthew that's, was agreeing with Tanner before he even realized what he was saying. <laughs> well, I, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Tanner is saying, okay. So first question, what is the difference between fear and respect? And again, when I say fear, I mean like the fear we have for God, right? You, you know. Stuff like that. What is the difference between that? Well, really, I've always thought of the difference between fear and the fear that we have for God as being the difference between fear and respect, as in like being Mm -hmm. scared of something and respecting that something is infinitely more powerful than you. So, uh, but between respect and fear of God, I'd say that fear of God is essentially respect. It's just like way bigger and like a way more uh, like ex- like expanded version of that, I guess. All right. It's just like you. It's you recognizing you being you like being humble enough to recognize that you are like literally nothing compared to how big, how powerful, how great, how perfect God is. Unless in or until He makes you something, which He He does choose to do. He does. He, he saves us from our sins and sees us uh, in his eyes as perfect. So first off, like I think we've already, you said this about a lot of books, but this book is literally just the, almost a new story every chapter. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you guys like that? Did you not like it? Was it fun to read? No, yeah, I liked it. I liked it about it. If it was just, I mean, it is obviously following the same characters and everything the whole time. All right, so let's just for this like school scene, the first school scene here. I thought this was a great picture of kind of what life was like back then. Oh yeah, totally. It was funny, you know. Um, the you, you know you got the progressive liberal teacher here in the schoolroom, and you've got all the different 
kind of, um, you know, you got the people who can afford uh, to, you know, go out to eat and the person who is, you know, like the, the, the Yule kind of person, you know, uh-huh. kind of the scum of the earth, I guess you could say. And then, but, yeah, and then there's like the people who, you know, they're they're very prideful family and they they never accept anything from anyone without paying them back and that type of stuff. But I actually like so the Cunninghams a lot. The Cunninghams, I don't know why they're it's one of my favorite parts about the book. Um, especially the scene where Scout brings Walter home. Back home and, for lunch. Yeah. Yeah, and eat them. I just thought that was great. And um that scene uh eats where Atticus is about to get lynched. Uh, by the mob and stuff like that um Uh and scout says which is kind of it's a really weird scene it doesn't exactly work but i like it i like that scene yeah the cunningham part in that scene is pretty cool um Uh but i always like you know when atticus says trust me we'll be paid you know um yeah more full and especially in the movie um i don't know i don't know the guy is but the guy who plays um the older cunningham he had a great performance i really liked his performance and Mm-hmm. Some of that may be what's carrying my uh, liking of the character. But anyway, so, you know, like we talked about the Radleys and Boo Radley and stuff like that. What do you think curiosity becomes wrong? I mean, I think it's good to be curious. It just depends how far you take it once oh. you're curious. Yeah. Like, you he, can be he's curious asking about what anything. the line is. Oh. Like, what would you say is the line? Like, I think trespassing on someone else's property, just destroying their property, uh, all, or like, you know, throwing, what do they throw, like a fishing rod into their house or something? I can't even remember. Yeah. Um, through the window to try and get him out of, like, if you're messing with him that much, I think that's over the line. But then again, they are just kids and they kind of got off easy for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, I remember this scene very vividly, kind of, uh, where Jim's, kind of and also this book is it's about jim a lot too it's about scout kind of trying to imitate jim and almost jim become a man too but um yeah. one of my favorite scenes is where uh jim is talking to atticus and jim you know realizes atticus never whipped them or spanked them or something like that you know yeah. and it it meant so much to him oh, that that never happened why do you think that is well because he didn't want to get Nobody wants a spanking, Cooper. Yeah, no, no, but like that's 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 not that's not it though. That's not it. That's not just it. Not what Harper Lee meant, at least. Why don't you answer your question for us? I'll answer the question. Yeah. I think what Harper Lee is trying to tell us here is that Jim really appreciated, really appreciates it when his dad treats him like a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, men they don't get whipped by their fathers, right? Mm-hmm. Look, every time. Jim did something wrong. Atticus would just talk to him about it, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I know Jim really appreciated that just because he's treating him like a man um, and stuff like that. Do you think that that's the better form of how to treat your children when they do something I wrong? Know. I don't or... have children, but I know I would appreciate that. <laughs> like as a, as a kid from my, from my dad, yeah. if he treated me more like an adult, I guess, or like yeah. a man which he has started, like, obviously, as, as I get older, he does that more and more. Not that I get in trouble all the time. I don't. But uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I definitely see how he appreciates that. 
And I think that that also just like is also just another way to parent like equally as successfully, if not more, because like if, if he's being treated like a man and he sees his father is respecting him, then he's going to want to keep that respect. And he's going to want to think about his decisions before he makes a decision and make sure that he's making the right one just from his dad being so respectful to him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, whereas I don't know the, why, but it seems like kids, even if, even if they get spanked all the time for doing stuff, they never seem to learn their lesson anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. It, True. it really depends on it. I know that the Bible says um, to spare the rod is to hate your child. And it, I guess it worked for Jim. That much is obvious, but I think it really depends. Yeah, Jim is, I mean, he's like a mini Atticus, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it worked. It actually says that. I think that's a line in the book. It is, <laughs> but I think it worked for Jim. I don't know that every kid's different. I'll definitely say that. Mm-hmm. No two people are entirely alike, Um, but yeah, no two people are alike, and uh, um, it, it really depends on uh, who you're on like who your kid is and how that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause like some kids could like what you did in the book could respect that and try to keep their respect. But then other kids could be like, Oh, he's not doing anything to me so I can keep doing it and I won't get punished. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just depends like Tanner said on the kid and like how they take it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is kind of a great segue to our next kind of point of discussion. Um, here we're kind of getting to the part where Atticus is, um, he's, he's got word that he got the trial, right? And I think yeah. almost, I think it's several times, or maybe it's just once. He says, I couldn't live with myself if I didn't do this. Or, oh, I couldn't several tell, times, totally. Yeah, I couldn't yeah, tell Scout and Jim, I couldn't tell you guys what to do if I didn't take this case. What do you think that is? Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever fully understood that, but I know uh, – it reminds me of what Tanner was saying, like in the what or what Tanner was saying Atticus said in the court earlier. Uh-huh. Like about um what what did he exactly say, Tanner? Yeah, what Cooper's quote is exactly what I was talking about. Like the Okay. It really is I don't think he said that in the courtroom then. He just It said wasn't that. in the courtroom. Oh. I was just saying like he had said oh. that. I didn't know when. Yeah. Um uh, but I think that he couldn't ask them to do anything if he didn't do that is because if he's breaking his own rules why should he be giving them rules like Mm -hmm. he has no he's saying that he has no right no um privilege to tell them to do anything if he does not do this thing which is obviously entirely like necessary and right to right like what it's the et tu fallacy, yeah. you know. It's if 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 you didn't stand up when it was right, why should you be telling me to do that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? yeah, and there's I a mean, line. It makes it, his, yeah, his logic does make sense, but at the same time, I'm I've I've been trained my whole life to know that my parents have rights to tell me what to do, and it is my job to do right, what that it's, is, it's, regardless know, but, of what they do. But they're so, saying he's saying yeah. that he couldn't make himself do it, right? He said, right. if I didn't stand up for this so, yeah, injustice, I couldn't do it. Then, yeah. Right. Um, but also, I remember this is this quote. I think it's in one of the documents that we did uh, this year for school. And it was about, like, uh, if 
if any man isn't capable of governing himself, why should he govern everyone else, right? Mm-hmm. And like when uh, I think it's Atticus's sister asks him, why are you doing this? You don't have to do this. He's like, no, I have to do that. You know, it's it, it, my whole life. People have looked up to me as the guy who would do this and now mm-hmm. I have to prove, you know, to do it. It's funny though, like even the people who didn't want him to do it still like elected him to the state legislature, which is kind of weird year after year. Um, but it's just, you know, it's cool to see this guy who really just risks everything to do the right thing. And if he didn't do that, you know, it, honestly, it'd probably just be, I mean, it wouldn't, his life wouldn't be worth anything anymore, honestly. Yeah. Okay. This is also a random like relation, but you just reminded me, we watched Spider-Man like, what was it last week or a few weeks ago or something? Yeah. Yeah. It was actually a while ago, but um, anyways, we watched Spider-Man and that, there's that one quote um, when like, actually, no, this might be from Captain America Civil War when Iron Man's talking to Spider-Man. He's like, why do you do what you do? And, he, and Spider-Man goes, when people have the right or like have the ability to prevent bad things from happening and don't, then it's their fault. Yeah. Which is kind of similar to what you were just which saying. Is, that reminds me of Mission Impossible too, right? That's eventually why. <laughs> yeah. I'll be able to eat in Mission Impossible. But anyway, yeah. That's a cool yeah. part. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Do some yep. donor shout outs. Yeah, yeah. What is <laughs> what would someone do if they wanted a donor shout out? Well, they'd have to go to patreon.com forward slash booking it and choose any of our five tiers. Actually, not Actually, anymore. Sorry. Choose any of the tiers, $5 and up to get it. That's right. Because right. we, we now have an extra $2 tier, yeah. um, which enables you to all of our special Patreon mm-hmm. posts. But I was going to say this um, on, the po- uh, on the podcast because we do post a lot of things uh, there yeah that are for patreons only but we also post several things that um the public can check out too that's right we just released our book list for next year right our book list for the semester and uh yeah that's actually basically (laughs) yeah and also don't forget to support our brand new podcast the screening coming out in february yep which in fact we are doing uh to kill a mockingbird the movie as our first review on that that's right all right so I'm going to say the donor, and you guys say, um, um, how about this? You say one of our names, and then we'll say a donor. Wow. So impressed. That's basically what Isaiah says every episode, <laughs> just less creative, more creative. I mean, okay, here we go. Uh, Tanner, Nana. Nana. <laughs> All right. Uh, Isaiah, Van Pappy, and Wayla. Thank you, Van Pepe and Wayla. All right, Matthew, Isaiah's grandparents. Thanks, Isaiah's grandparents. All right, me, Becky. Love you, Becky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that way, but anyway. Uh, Tanner, Isaiah's uncle, Sebi. <laughs> thank you, Sebi. All right, Isaiah, your aunt and uncle. Uh, thank you, uh, Uncle Sam and, and Jenny. All right, Matthew, Isaiah's cousins. Thanks, Moses and Zara. And me, Christopher. Hey, guys, make sure you check out Chris's podcast, Like Lightning, all caps. He reads his Flash Fiction. Flash Fiction. It's super short stories. 
that Pretty he has hot. written by himself. Yeah. Yep. Make sure you go to patreon.com forward slash booking it. Donate there. Uh, make sure you rate and review us if you can't do that. And until next time. Keep on booking it.